Seven of Beyond the Blade. I am your co-host, in a little bit of a good mood with a five and four hockey team, Chad Didemenesis. And I'm your other co-host, Bill Shockey, and uh, West Coast trip ended with a little bit of a bang there at the end, huh? Yeah, I mean, it looked ugly for a little bit there, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> you know, after those two middle games, you know, the Vegas and San Jose game, but uh, yeah, they finished strong in Southern California. With some nice wins over the Kings and Ducks, and little look at that, you win on you win the first one, you lose the middle two, you win the last two, and that's pretty much wraps up to a three and two road trip. Which is, I don't know how many times in history can we say they've you know gone three and two when they've gone out west for five or six games. Yeah, I mean, I think any of us would have taken three and two coming out of the West, especially when you have, you know, I mean, even no matter how good the West Coast teams are. Uh, the West Coast trip is always a tough one. Uh, so I think it was nice to get it out of the way early, and not only get it out of the way early, but you came out with a winning record, and uh, I think that says a lot, uh, kind of about the skill level that this team has and uh, kind of what we can look forward to going going forward here with a, a couple big games to end out October. Yeah, so what we're going to do here today is, you know, I kind of talked about this during the Amherst podcast, if you know, for those who listen to that, is we're going to kind of take a step back here. Uh, this is more your idea. Kind of look at a... You can just say I have a big picture where we are here through nine games. Uh, there's no kidding, no lying that we have an inconsistent team here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to go through some numbers here shortly between wins and losses, which are kind of, if you think jump off the page at you, but we'll, we'll kind of get to that. So we're going to go through that. Um, you know, the West Coast trip is part of that, uh, the end of October. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about goal to goaltenders. 
the depth scoring, which one thing is good, one thing is bad. So we're going to get to that. But um, kind of where I want to start here. I don't want to so much, you know, go game by game here. I mean, we, we kind of know what happened, you know, with the Sharks game, the Kings game, the Ducks game, and the Vegas game. So the Vegas game, we kind of did a lot. It was last time we talked about. But, you know, the Sharks game, they hung around for two periods. Third period, they got blown out. Vegas will just wipe that off. That was a bad game. The Kings game they controlled, the Ducks game they controlled, uh, which is good. L.A. looks like they're really bad. Anaheim looks like they're living off their goaltenders playing so well. But those two nice wins, but the part that scares me, I'm I'm looking at these numbers here that I have written down, and I'll kind of let you maybe talk a little bit before I go through all this, but there's, there's a few things that you could see that are obvious why they lose and why they win. But the drastic measure of some of these numbers are is it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and I think you know again nine games in, big picture look here, you're you're seeing a team that, I mean chemistry they're still trying to figure each other out. I mean obviously as we get into the season here, if those numbers continue, then I think you're gonna have any problem on your hands. And I mean there's so <laughs> the the drastic measure between wins and losses of these numbers you're about to hear are. <laughs> they're concerning in itself, even even though, like we said, they have a lot to work out and and skill wise, they're better. But uh, real quick, before we get big picture, I do want to take a step back. And that that Anaheim game, even though they did control it, I don't think that's necessarily a win that we've seen lately. You get down two nothing early. Uh, you were you you know controlling the play. Miller Miller was playing well early, and then for you to come back, get two goals, tie the game up, and then you know put put the foot on the gas there. And uh, not only, you know, take the lead on that nice power play goal, uh, great shot by Risto, great screen in front by Reinhardt, you know, living in his office. Uh, but then they even put the game away on the road. Uh, last game of a road trip, you can you can easily see, you know, 2-2 two and two going to the Ducks, going down 2 nothing early. Uh, typically, that that's a game where the team just goes away uh, and wants to go home. Uh, so for them to, to fight, uh, I think that's, that's the game. Obviously, it gets you the, over the 500 hump and, and, you know, not below 500 for the, the West Coast trip. But I think that's the game that really sticks out for me as a game of uh, maybe a game you kind of want to hang your hat on coming back home to Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, how many times have you seen that game? You know, it's, like you said, they're playing well to start the game. They're controlling the play. The other team's goaltender is standing on his head. They go down 2 nothing. That game usually ends 4-1. to one. Like, right? Exactly. That, that's usually how that game ends. So. You know, they something we talked about in the beginning of the season is they have the skill now. They have the players. I mean, we saw it with Skinner scoring. Um, I forgot who got the first goals. Of power, it was Oposo. That's right. Oposo on the first power play goal. Yeah, so, that I mean, was a really nice play. It was. Brian Hart with a nice pass across, a nice tic-tac-toe, boom. You know, so it's – yeah, and they have the ability to do that. It, it's I, I think having that game early on – gives them confidence now if they get behind the game isn't over and it's good to see they have the mentality to keep battling to keep going and one of the things that i like the most about that game is they went up three two and early third period and they they kept their foot in the gas they didn't let anaheim come off the mat they they kept on them they kept going scoring chances i mean that game easily Joseph miller could have been six two the final but miller played that well you know so that's a great sign and then you know, they withstood the pressure at the end from Anaheim, and that's another good thing, too. They just stuck together and didn't give up that late back-breaking goal and then ended up losing in overtime, which we saw so many times last season, too. So it's Who would have saw the unsung hero being Larry at the end there, huh? Right, Johan Larson getting the, 
getting the game-saving play, and then Patrick Berglund, of all people, getting the empty net goal, too. So, Yeah, and two last things on the Ducks game. Uh, I mean, the first point, uh, going back to, you know, they, they go up 3-2, to two, and you even saw it when they were home against Vegas, how they got up kind of, I mean, obviously it was a bigger lead, but they got up big, and they kind of just shut it down. Uh, you basically could have left after the second period because you knew that the Sabres were basically not going to do anything uh, in the third period. And, and yeah, it got the win. But I think the difference for the, the Ducks game was that they they got up 3-2 to two and they kept the foot on the gas. They they easily could have just started flipping pucks out of the zone. You know, you're on the road, just, just try and hang on for dear life and get the win. And they didn't do that. And I think that's a huge step in the right direction. And then the second point is, it's kind of a cliche statement, but you hear it a lot, especially with a young team, how, you know, they're, quote, learning to win. And uh, I don't if if you know it's something that you're looking for or you believe in that it's and uh, to a point especially with where the Sabers have been I, I do I think this Ducks game where again they could have just went away after going down two nothing on you know two bad bounces when they were outplaying the team uh, but they didn't uh, so I think that's hopefully the first example of many going forward where they kind of had some adversary adversity early. Uh, and they were able to, quote, learn how to win and, you know, put a game away instead of just sitting back and, and you know, praying for that 3-2 lead to hang on. Yeah, and I think that, that part of that goes with confidence, you know. I mean, what call it what you will, confidence, learning to win. Uh, if you see yourself do those kind of things, um, you know, close out close games where they lost most of those close games last year, where they blew a lead late, where, you know, if early in the season you – I guess can put in your heads. I mean, cause a lot, of, a lot of it's mental and a lot of it's confidence in this game is if you can put in your head and you feel comfortable having the ability to close out games or to know if you're down two goals, early, the, game, the game isn't over. You can come back and still win the game. Mm-hmm. So I think getting that reinforcement early is going to go a long way for this team. And that's, that, that is, that is the good part. I mean, a lot of this podcast, as we go here, you're going to, you're going you're gonna to hear a lot of me say, okay, that's the good part. Now here's the bad part. Like that, you're, I feel like, so get ready for that as we go up this podcast. Here. You're going to hear a lot of that. Now I'm going to jump into the numbers here on the wins and the losses. So I'm going to start with the four losses they have in the season. So in those four games, they've been outscored 15 to three. So when they lose, they lose. Like they, <laughs> like they, they lose. They don't really lose close games, which is interesting. Uh, in those four losses. They are a minus nine in shots, so they're out shooting, so they're being outshot one twenty four to one fifteen. Now I will say, uh, it was a lot closer, but being outshot thirty nine to twenty five in that San Jose game kind of skewed things. In fact, they were kind of leading in shots in games they lost, which makes sense because you're down, you're trying to catch up. Right. Uh, they were actually leading in shots, so that San Jose game kind of skews that. Now here's where it gets interesting: power play in losses. They are 0 for 20. 0 for 20. Penalty kill. Uh, they are 7 for... I'm sorry, 8 for 15. So they are 53.3% in losses on the penalty kill. Remember that. Now let's flip to the wins. In the wins, they've outscored their opponents 19 to 6 in wins. Which is kind of like... Do they win by a lot or do they lose by a lot? It's interesting. <laughs> it means you can go home early. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. Either way. Either way. You know what's happening. <laughs> Shots on goal. They're a minus 15. Now, part of that 
is skewed by the Rangers game, which they were outshot 44 to 29, and the Vegas game, where they were outshot 37 to 17. In the last two games that they won, Anaheim and LA, they were actually a plus 23 in shots. So that's something to think about. It's interesting. Uh, overall, though, in the five wins, they're minus they're a minus 15, 165 to 150 in shots on goal. Remember the power play and the penalty kill stats? In wins on the power play, they're 6 of 14. So they're 42.9% in wins on the power play. The penalty kill is 12 for 13 in wins, 92.3%. You know what? Let's keep it even crazier. In the Kings game, that is the only game they won without a power play goal and the only game they won where they gave up a penalty kill, like a, a power play goal against. So they kind of flipped the script in the Kings game. But every other game that they've won, they've had at least one power play goal, and they've killed off every penalty. So you can kind of say, looking at this, well, maybe we'll start with the special teams. Is this team right now, through nine games, lives and dies off their special teams, which is pretty interesting. And pretty scary. <laughs> right, right, right. <clears throat> right. I mean, I we knew that they were, you know, they're a struggling five-on-five team. They're trying to figure it out um and that like you said they <laughs> you had a feeling that the special teams has to be special for this team to go anywhere this year um but through nine games it's pretty stark how true that is um i mean if, if they're not clicking on the power play and the penalty kill they're not winning games and i i mean look for it to obviously kind of go back to the mean here as, as the, the season goes along but Again, the disparity is so large right now. How much actually to the mean is it going to go? Um, I think the power play, it can be better, which is a good thing. And, and the penalty kill, I think they're kind of struggling to figure that out as well. So, I, I mean, it's it's good and bad because it, it can get better as we go along here, but it obviously could get worse too. <laughs> if anything else, it's it's... It's interesting and definitely something to look forward uh, to watch for uh, going forward, especially uh, kind of the end of October here. You know, so the crazy thing, I was doing math as you were talking there, and so the Sabres have a total of 20, by these numbers, they have 22 goals, 19 and 3 is 22. They've had 21 against, so actually a plus 1 on the scoring, which is interesting overall. But which even more interesting and also kind of odd if you think about it, uh, so if you include empty net goals in here, which I'm not going to go through and figure that out. So let's say the empty net goals are included at even strength. The Sabres have 16 even strength goals. So not, not penalty killer, not power play. And their opponent has 13. So really they're a plus three at even strength. I guess you could say, again, there's some empty net goals where it's six on five mixed in there. But even though I think even that is still considered even strength technically by the numbers, uh, but I don't know. That kind of jumped out at me. I, I doing this. I kind of expected like, I don't know, like it's like way down. fifteen to six, like in <laughs> even strength goals. But it, it wasn't. It's it, it. It. I mean, I thought. I guess I thought they had more than six power play goals. Um, but that's yeah. I mean, that's all they have. So I don't. I don't know. Maybe a lot of that comes from. I mean, the LA game where you scored five even strength goals in general. Maybe you built a lot up there. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, the five on five play has been something we've talked about now for a couple of weeks since the season started. And now I'll say in the LA game and Anaheim game, those probably have been their best two even strength games. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see if that continues against Montreal, who's been a pretty decent team at even strength. I mean, I was looking at their numbers against Calgary. Uh, they're winning now, but I think like at one point the shots were like twenty-five to nine in favor of Montreal, which is kind of crazy. Look better than actually maybe we thought they were going to be. But we'll see if that regresses. But uh, I'm curious to see if that five-on-five streak continues at least. If if maybe they've you know with these line mixing we kind of got going on here, which I think I should say we gave I gave hardly uh, how, how hardly Housley a hard time for that, and uh, you know he stuffed a big fat pie in my face, and so far that's working for him. Now we'll see if that's maintainable uh-huh. uh, or sustainable, I guess you could say. But um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm really curious to see if this continued resurgence of their even strength play, at least the last two games, kind of continues here over the next few games. Um, you know, with Montreal, most notably on Thursday. Yeah, I think also what helps that is, you know, Skitter, I feel like he was kind of, not really snake bit, but I mean, he really had, he had no points in the first four games, but you could, you could see the skill, you could see the chances, it just felt like they weren't going in at that point. And now he's got seven in his last five on the road trip. So, I, I mean, I, I think him coming along is starting to help that line. If that stays together for a little while, meshing, I think can help. Uh, a little concerning that in nine games you've gone from Eichel Skinner to Eichel Sheary back to Eichel Skinner. But again, I, I mean, I guess when when things aren't clicking, if you got to mix it up, you got to mix it up. And I hope that I'm glad it's working now. But I hope that like one game of adversity, or even before the switch, it was just two bad games uh, when everything got shuffled again. So I mean, it could work where you just keep shuffling lines, but. I mean, for playing, it's 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 kind of tough to. I mean, maybe at a high level, it's a little easier, but it's tough when you have to kind of change up your style based on who you're playing with. And if you have to, you know, kind of change that every couple of weeks, I, I think it could hurt the chemistry, especially with with a new team uh, or a bunch of new players on the team. Uh, them trying to all mesh as one. I, I think the West Coast trip early does help that, um, as you kind of talked about in the Amherst podcast, but. I really like to see, even you know, even if there's one bad game or two bad games, and I don't love Pondville on the top line. Yes, he's played well, but again, that I really when, do when's think the cliff it, coming? Right? Yeah, it's still the, a matter of time. When, when is, when is coming? it coming? Yep. I mean, it, we saw this last year. He started last season strong, playing with Eichel, mm-hmm. but he, especially when he was on the power play last right? year, and he fell off the cliff and. You know that that that's a classic Pominville season. He's he's a streaky scorer. He's he's, he's going to have a good stretch of games, and then he's going to go away for like thirty. Like that's what he did last year, pretty much. Like, and it's it's just when is that coming? And the scary part is your right wing depth is pretty poor right now. Yeah. So when that what are you you're going to put Reinhardt back there? Okay, fine. But what about the rest of your team? I mean, it. I guess it's nice to see a Pulso is. You know, he Starting. scored his first goal. Uh, he's, he, I think he's played well in general. He's had even strength throughout the season so far, and it's nice for him to get his first goal, and that, maybe that'll help him. But definitely beyond that, I mean, Thompson's not in the lineup. I would be, I'm honestly surprised he's not in Rochester yet. I'm not sure what they're waiting for. Uh, maybe we see that tomorrow. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see the point of keeping him here. You're not going to play him. Why is he here? And you can, you have Ellie, so you have a 13th forward. Just, I, I don't. Maybe they want him to practice with the. Sabres and the Amherst are back at practice tomorrow, so maybe you kind of 
get him a Rochester tomorrow to start practicing for the game on Friday. Because I would hope that's the case. Yeah, the lowest minutes as as what as it was. Right. So I, I just I don't see any benefit of keeping him here. So I'm hoping tomorrow they send him down. I don't think anybody comes back. I think they just send him down and keep the roster as is. You know, with Ellie as the extra forward. But back to my original point. Um, you know, it it's only a matter of time for Palmonville. And you said he's played well. Give him that. He's he's scoring. He's had that nice pass to Skinner for that second goal uh, in the Anaheim game. So he's playing well. But that, you know, he's going to, like I said, he's going to run off that cliff at some point. And then what? And then the other concern is, you know, Saboka is basically your second-line center right now. And it feels like yeah. whoever you take, I mean, you're going to flip-flop Sherry and Skinner back and forth. It's, you know, it's if whoever comes off that line is going to struggle. And, you know, maybe that's a con- I mean, that's a concerning part. I guess you could say Middlestat's not ready to take on that second-line scoring role yet, where he's been fine, but just mm-hmm. the points aren't coming yet. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that that's my two concerns is – when is the end of the track coming for Palmonville, and what are you going to do for a second-line scoring center? I mean, I, I feel like Soboka isn't that guy. Middlestat probably isn't ready to do that full-time yet. Could that happen in January-ish? Maybe. I don't think now is the time. I, I think they're doing a good job with what they're doing with him right now. That I don't want to disturb that, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's... It's I mean, to your point, even if he watching. even if he is ready in January, what are you doing until then? That's still two right. months from now, 20, and, and 25 I, games. I don't think you can – I think you grin and bear and hope he can get through until then. I mean, what you can – you're not going to trade for a second-line center tomorrow, right? I mean, and plus you can't go grab on a Rochester because really the only guy down there is Asplin, and he can't play that role. You know, and right. Malone is hurt, and he can't, play the, he can't play that role either. So really there's nobody even to go down and grab either. I think it's kind of a you just grin and bear it and hope maybe Middlestack gets hotter than sooner than December January. I think that's all you can hope for. I or think hope the key, he can survive until then. The key is going to be, and it's kind of what it has been up to this point, is that even if you're not getting secondary scoring, your defense is starting to chip in, and that's something you didn't get last year. Right. Um, yep. Because I mean, looking at it skill wise, I think. Shiri needs an Eichel a lot more than Skinner needs an Eichel. I think Skinner is much more of a can-do-it-on-my-own kind of player, uh, kind of like Kane was. But right. I, to your point, they're playing so well right now, there's no way you're you know, separating the two. Um, but, and, and again, to, you're, you're spot on. It's just what are you going to do up, up until that point? Because, I mean, if, if Skinner, Eichel, Pominville, or whoever the right winger eventually is, uh, ever has a rut... I mean, you're in trouble. You could look to a pretty decent losing streak, um, provided, you know, like you said, Middlestad isn't ready for that spot. I really don't think you're getting too much production out of Saboka and your second-line center, um, unless the defense really starts to activate, which it, it's starting to. I mean, you had McCabe with four points on the road trip. Um, I, I think he might have been probably your best defenseman. Um and then Darlene starting it on the score sheet. So, I, and again, Risto with that nice shot. So, I think the D, the D needs to help offensively uh, when you're in those those ruts. Otherwise, you're going to continue on the way you're you're going. Where if the first line shows up, you're winning games four five to one. But if they don't, you're losing games four five to one. Uh, and I just, <laughs> I just don't know to your point how sustainable that really is. I goaltending, yeah, I guess, which I I know was probably going to be your next topic. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you segued pretty well here for me, so <laughs> into this secondary scoring thing. And I mean, you're right. You're, you're getting help from your defense, which you didn't get last year. And that's the good news. And you're ready for the bad news. You're not getting that depth scoring on offense. It's Berglund, it's Giergensen's, Saboka, Ellie, Rodriguez. I mean, you're getting. Berglund has an empty net goal, and Saboka has a meaningless goal down in the Vegas game. But that's all you're getting. I mean, if you want to throw Middleside in there, Middleside has no goals. You want to throw Reinhardt in there, he's. I think Reinhardt is more a snake bit than anything, where he just needs one to go in, he'll be fine. Yeah, he's you know, a couple he's posts been robbed and a few times, hit a few posts, and yeah. So, Reinhardt is so concerned about, but it's the rest of the lineup. And again, it's that it's that same issue where I, I you felt like maybe it kind of improved this year, but really it. I don't know, looking at it again. I mean, we got Johan Larson in here. Where I mean, I'll give Larson credit; he's probably played his best two games as a Saber that I've seen him play in the last year and a half, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hammer too much on him, but again, it's I'm relying on Johan Larson again to do something for me. At least give me some offense, and I'm relying on Gurgensen. Give me some offense. Two guys I mean, that Ron, you didn't even want to be on the roster, right? Not not neither of them. And then Berglund's not giving me that much. I thought offensively, but he's be, he's being used in such a heavy defensive role that he really can't provide that offense. I mean, I wrote an article about that with those numbers that are staggering. And Sopoka is kind of the same thing. He was being used primarily as a heavy defensive forward. Then he was on the wing, and then he's back at center, and then now he's going to be a second-line scoring center. It's, you know, it, and I don't really blame Housley. It's not really his fault, and that's, that's the lineup he got, and that's kind of how he has to deal with it. Uh, maybe more of that falls on Botterill, but, you know, it's... Well, I think, real quick, not to cut you off, but... No, go ahead. I think the issue was the O'Reilly trade was you knew you were giving up a true you know, 1B center or second-line center for what you had hoped were Saboka better depth, Berglund better depth, Thompson at the minimum better depth, if not a top-six winger. And you got we're 0 for 3 right now? Yeah. So I, I think the concern is you gave up you know, your second-line center for potentially, you know, at least if you didn't have a true second-line center, you would be getting more depth scoring from you know, the 3-4 lines. And at this point, you don't have any of that. You're back to the hoping the first line goes off or the power play unit goes off, and then maybe you get some you know, production from the back end. And if you don't, you better hope Hutton and, and Allmark are standing on their head because, I mean, again, it just I mean, look at the numbers. We, we went through them. It's, it's what has happened up, up until this point. Yeah, and it's, it's really <laughs> – you got to think that's going to catch up to you at some point, right? I mean, that, that it, it has to. It's – it's it, again. It's putting too much pressure on that top unit. It's and putting too much pressure on the power play. You know, the more that I'm talking about, the more I'm getting concerned about it. It's you know, it, it's frustrating because every year I feel like we do this. Every year we feel like we look at this team and I'm like, okay, we have an improved bottom six going into the season. And we're nine games in and we're going Ugh. like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and how many weeks until we're getting in the conversation? Well, you know, we got Olufsen down there who's leading the yep. on scoring. I was just and CJ Smith and Nylander's playing well still. And kick, again, kick, it comes it comes kick. back to well, what are you going to do with your players you have up here? You going to wave Gergensen's Larson and so on and so on and so on to make space? I mean, it, that that's that's the tough part. And maybe that day comes. I mean, winning two games in a row that's not coming anytime soon, at least, but. I, again, I, I feel like your luck's going to run out with that. I, I, you know, Skinner and Eichel and Pominville 
and that power play pushed them through the Kings game and the Ducks game. And, and they, they really did. Skinner had four goals of the seven that you got on the on that trip, you know, those last two games. And then you got uh, two power play goals against Anaheim and, you know, an empty net goal mixed in there by Berglund in the Kings game. So, like, you know, it, it's primarily all offense coming from those players and in the power play, and that's just... At the end of the day, it's not a long-term winning formula. That That's kind of how I'll wrap it up. And I'm afraid that that is going to, again, come back to bite them. And that doesn't... And, you know, as much flack as Housley has gotten, that part doesn't fall on him. That part falls at the feet of Jason Botterill. Mm-hmm. If he, again, for the second season, has not figured out how to get this team a at least decent bottom six, then I, I don't know. I mean, dude, you... <laughs> You know, you you gotta that that falls at you. You know, and and Scott Wilson coming back in two months is it's not going to be the answer either. You know, and <laughs> I forgot I mean, he existed. Right, right. And he's going to come back in about a month and a half with, from that leg injury, but he's he's not going to really help you. So, I mean, it's I, what I it's what you're getting from Ellie right now. Pretty much, it is. And you know, I mean, Ellie is what he is. You know, you, you picked him off a of waiver. He's not expecting a ton from him, but. You know, part of me wonders how long is he going to stick around here for they're like, eh, stick him back on waivers. And maybe he's the guy you stick on waivers and try to get somebody else up here. Uh, and I guess when Larson eventually falls off his cliff, maybe he's the guy who comes out. But, you know, it's right now sitting here, it's it's a huge concern. And it's right now it's a matter of, of a game of how long can you get by with it. And, you know, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll give it, I'll throw it back to you to come one more time if you want, but we'll move off it. But, the more I've talked myself into this topic, the more concerned I've become about it. And really so. But I will say that top line production doesn't necessarily have to fall off. Uh, it's just a matter of how many games can you win with it going the way it has. I mean, Eichel right now is a point-per-game player. I don't necessarily think that that's going to fall off. Uh, no, I mean, and- he's pretty much been a, what, a .93 per... When he's healthy, a .93 point-per-game player. So you'd kind of expect that throughout the season as long as he stays healthy. Exactly. So I, I think I think you're going to get that. It's just a matter of, like you said, if that's the only production you're getting, or <laughs> I don't even want to say it, <laughs> injury bug. But if any, like if anything like that happens, this team is. It's not just Pominville and other certain guys going towards the cliff. It's the whole team going towards the cliff. Uh, but I'll sneak a funny thing in real quick. Um, it's nice to know that Skinner getting a hat trick. He actually got 20 minutes on ice against the Ducks. Yeah, that's what it took. It said before the podcast, it took a hat trick for Skinner to get over, you know, fifteen minutes in a game. That's, <laughs> that's, I don't know, whatever. It, it is what it is. I guess you could say. I mean, part of that is the power play too. He wasn't playing first power play minutes, and now he is. So maybe again, yeah, maybe that's why he's at twenty minutes because he played, you know, first power play minutes against Anaheim. You know, they had four power plays and only one against LA. So which he should be. I mean, he's right. the most skilled forward behind Ico. Correct. Correct. Uh, One thing I want to circle back to here before we kind of get near the end um, is the goaltenders. You know, there's been a lot of talk. I mean, Hutton and Allmark have played well. Uh, You know, Hutton, I I feel bad for Hutton because I feel like his numbers look worse than they actually are. Don't indicate Mm -hmm. how well he's playing. And that's the product of, you know, that Colorado game, uh, the San Jose game where really aren't on him. Uh, there's been really only one goal from Hunting that I don't like, and that was 
actually in the Anaheim game, the second Anaheim goal, uh, you know, where the Sabres, the Sabres sustained pressure for like close to two minutes at five on five in the, in the Anaheim zone and couldn't finish it off. And 30 seconds later, after that pressure ended, Anaheim comes down. I forgot who it was just like rips a shot from like the faceoff dot and it goes under his arm. Uh, I mean, it might've went off the second middle set, but even so like if that's a goal, they can't go in. But nonetheless, he's played well. So has Allmark. The thing I kind of want to bring up here, uh, some numbers I've written down, is a lot of people have said, based on Allmark's games, that he should be playing more than Hutton. Now, that may come eventually. I think this season is going to end around a 60-40 in favor of Hutton eventually at the end of the day uh, in terms of games played. But the series have a very... I could see a strategy they're doing here with Allmark. And it's smart. And I don't know if it's Housley or Bottle, a combination of both. Um, he's basically getting his first full NHL season this year. But they're strategically putting him in certain games. Now, Hutton has played Boston, the Rangers, Vegas twice, Anaheim, Colorado, San Jose. So currently entering play today, that's the 12th, 27th, 28th, 16th, 3rd, and 14th ranked teams in terms of scoring. So that averages out to the 16th ranked scoring that Hutton has faced. Allmark has played Arizona and Los Angeles. Guess where they are. <laughs> they are entering play today. They are two of the bottom three teams in scoring. Arizona is last. LA is second last. So he has played the average 30th ranked scoring. So you can see here what they're clearly doing is they're putting Allmark in situations that allow him to be successful and to get, I guess you could say, confidence and get comfortable in this league. Now, I mean, if you look at the schedule going forward, I, I think you're going to get Hutton again on Thursday. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you, you, again, you kind of can look at the schedule going forward as you can, in a way, based on this strategy, this is exactly how they're doing it, you can kind of pick out where it's going to be. Is it going to be, you know, Columbus, Calgary, or Ottawa? You know, maybe, you know, you have Columbus on the weekend, and then you come back for a few days off and you have Calgary, and maybe... You know, you kind of have a home and home with Ottawa Thursday, Saturday. Maybe it's one of those Ottawa games where you're going to see Allmark again. And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I think, again, you're putting him in position to succeed. And I think people have to understand that and be patient with that. You know, it's, he's still a young goaltender. They're trying to slowly move him in to this league. I, I know he's played a lot of games, and some of it was early on where it wasn't really fair to him. But... You know, this is the one area where, again, I'm going to give Housley some credit here. This is his strategy, where I think they're handling the goaltending situation properly. And the people who are upset about it, one, I think don't understand how well Hutton is playing. And two, just need to understand and relax that this is still a young goaltender who is going to be your starting goaltender next year. And, you know, you don't want to just throw him to the wolves, basically. You're, you're trying to slowly work him in here. And, you know, he, he he's also a guy who's never played 50 60 games so you're gonna you know if you get him 40 this year or you know get him 30 this year in Almar or i'll get hutton there would have to be what 51 games or 52 whatever that's a good split and then maybe next year is closer to a 50 50 split and then beyond that is it's all Almark show so i think that should be the strategy and i think they're going about it the right way i don't know how you feel about it no exactly i mean it it's literally the reason you brought hutton in and sign him for a three-year deal um, right, right. It's it was so you can Almer can learn behind a goalie who's been there. He's done that. He's good enough to carry the load for you. 
uh, for a couple years until Allmark is ready to take over. Uh, I totally agree with you that they're handling it well. I will give Allmark credit. He still has to make the saves and play the games, and uh, he's played really well in the two games he's been in. But, I mean, just because of that, you're not going to all of a sudden start throwing Allmark out there every single game. And, uh, I mean, I think it's a scenario where you have a plan and it's going to be very easy to stick to that plan no matter kind of what's going on for for at least this entire season. So, yeah, I wouldn't expect anything kind of different. I mean, maybe if... But, I mean, look, watching the games, it, it's Hutton's... Hutton hasn't played well, bad at all, uh, to your point. There's even games where I remember coming out saying, like, this is going to sound dumb, telling you, um, you know, game was 4-5-1, or five to one, but I, I feel like Hutton played great. Um, so, I mean, unless you start to see some weak ones going in, uh, but even to that point, I think maybe it goes to a 50-50. You're not even going to see Allmark, you know, taking three out of four uh, or anything like that anytime soon. So I would definitely put that on the back burner for the, the foreseeable future. I mean, think about it, too. I mean, how many games did we all agree upon that, that Hutton probably stole you with the first four games? Two, probably? Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so... I know he got lit up against Colorado and kind of got lit up against San Jose, if you want to say that. And you know, even that's even that second Vegas game, you know, we got four put in on him. But yeah, I'm not in any way, shape, or form ready to take the, I guess you could say, quote unquote, starter role away from Hutton. Yeah, I mean, even the Colorado game that got ugly, but three of the last four goals were breakaways or odd man rushes. I mean, to start that game, too, I mean, Hutton was keeping them in it. I mean, if you remember, yeah. the to start that game, they were getting run over, and he was keeping them in it for the most part. I mean, that the first period ended one nothing, and that was because of Hutton. And then the wheels fell off the train from that point on. But, you know, even in that game, he, he I know six goals went in. You know, two of them were clear breakaways from McKinnon, and I forgot how the other guy was that had it. But um, and the, other, and the other ones were tapping power play goals. I mean, we... You know, what are you going to do? I will or say quickly. Off the ref's foot, McKinnon all alone in front. Right, that too. I, I, I will say quickly on the penalty kill, uh, it's gotten out of the last two games, and I've noticed they've gone back to a box and away from that goofy 1 2 1 formula. <laughs> so maybe they uh, maybe they read my article how poor that was working for them, and they've kind of went back to a box and more aggressive on the penalty kill. So that that's a good thing. We'll see if that kind of continues and we'll see if that penalty kill improves. So. Yeah, those pictures were, I mean, I guess getting to the Halloween spirit, we've been using scary a lot. But uh, when you sent me those three snaps of the the San Jose goals, I mean, all I could say is it looks like an article to me. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. <laughs> all right, so looking ahead here, heading towards the end here, wrapping it up a little bit. Uh, a few things. One, at Ineffective Math, Mike McMurray has the Sabres at – a 47% playoff chance right now. So there's that for you. Take that to the bank and cash it. Coin flip, <laughs> basically, right now on the playoffs for the Sabres through nine games. So I'll take that. I was going to say, I'll take a coin flip. <laughs> uh, next three games, home against Montreal on Thursday, uh, which I kind of tweeted about. And with last time I checked, Montreal winning now, it looks like you might get Niemi on Thursday, which might be a nice break. Uh, but also you're going to have a Montreal team that comes in 5-1-2. Wouldn't that be crazy, a 5-1-2 Montreal Canadiens team coming in here? Ten, there'll be uh, a, you know, there'll, there'll be 11 games under their season, 5-1-2, kind of odd. I would say very odd. <laughs> yeah, and then you're going to go to Columbus, uh, 
who's also winning tonight, but actually losing tonight to Arizona. Arizona. Bobrovsky is struggling, so if he plays again, you don't want to get him off the mat. And then you have Calgary who comes in next Tuesday, who's currently losing to Montreal, or at this point might have officially already lost to Montreal. So your next three games look winnable, I would say that. Um, Two of three at home. Is it crazy to say that Montreal might be the... At this point in the season, the toughest test out of those three? Probably. Probably. I wouldn't disagree. Uh, especially if for somehow, some reason, you get priced too. That's going to make it more difficult. Uh, if you get Niemi, that might make it a little bit easier. But, you know, it's the Sabres luck and the backup goaltender shuts them out or something. I think, didn't Niemi shut them out last year, actually? Now I'm thinking about it in a game. I'm pretty sure he did. But, again, that was last year's team. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're right, which is odd. You know, we pointed and laughed at Montreal and Drouin scoring. Domi is producing. Again, is it going to be sustainable? I sure with hope Kerry, not. With Carey Price, eh? I, I don't. Maybe, kind of, sort of. Um, looking at that roster, you think it should be a no. Uh, Kakaniemi is still here. I think he's going to stay around. He's playing all right. So that's kind of a guy maybe you can watch on Thursday. That 40 but, uh, shots on that, I think it's – they have a little bit – and I think you'll see this Thursday. They have a little more speed than you would think they do. Um, correct. From what I've watched in Montreal, um, they've they've kind of been coming in and, and surprising teams with the, the outside speed. I think, to your point, at what point do they teams once they start playing them more realize that okay we got to watch out for the speed and they'll be able to shut them down more in the neutral zone um so i think it's coming but to your point i mean when you have carry price anything i guess is possible uh it'll be a good test it'll be a good test hopefully it doesn't look like the colorado game uh where speed (laughs) kills but yeah uh if they can get through that one yeah columbus and calgary are both around 500 and they're not looking too good out of the gate so hey if you can come out of october above 500 i would Take that as a a good start to the season. All right, and then you're going to start November basically with two games against Ottawa, and and again, Ottawa's a team who's playing pretty well right now too. So it's <laughs> it's it's interesting, you know. I mean, Detroit, I think is the only team who really we expect to be at the bottom, who truly is the bottom. I think Detroit, although I think Montreal and Ottawa are going to regress to where they should be, but Detroit yeah. looks really bad. Like they look Ottawa really got spanked bad. by Boston tonight too. So. Oh, Ottawa did end up losing? Okay. I thought it was tied at one point, but they did lose. Okay. It was 1-1, now it's 4-1, game's over. Okay. All right. So, I mean, Ottawa definitely, I think, is going to slide back to the bottom, but Detroit's another team who you thought was going to be bad, and they're legitimately not good. So, so that's, a, that's, that's a good thing for some easy wins. Yeah, worst Hopefully. goal differential in the league for Detroit. Yeah. And they have Philip Zadina in the minors, too. So They have Zadina in the minors. Mantha's not playing well. So there's there's a lot not going right in Detroit. So moving towards our end here, uh, we do have one thing we should talk about and mention. Mm. We had a little little campaign over the last day, last 24 hours, uh, about trying to get to 1,000 followers. And we blew past our goal. We are, I think last time I checked, at 1,012 followers now. So we want to say thank you to all of our followers, all of our listeners, all of you who interact with us, all of you who... Subscribe and take time out of your day to listen to us ramble here about hockey. You know, you don't have to do that. You can go find that content elsewhere uh, besides the local radio station. But other podcasts <laughs> do talk about Sabre stuff. 
Uh, so we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. And I'm sure that's on the podcast too, but nonetheless, you know, listening to our podcast, um, you know, it's, it's crazy, you know, not to get sentimental here. It's, you know, when we started this, it was coming off of a, I guess you could say a failed NHL podcast, the lead that we did. Um, you know, we talked about just, I don't know, let's just talk about Sabres, what we're comfortable with. Um, just two guys, you know, I was kind of starting my writing career, you know, three years ago. And here we are three years later through two terrible seasons. Um, you know, we have over a thousand followers on, uh, social media. Um, you know, the die with the blade thing that we have going for us too, which helps a lot. Uh, but I mean, uh, being a podcast that has, you know, started from scratch to just two random guys three years ago to, um, you know, having on average, you know, a thousand to 1200 play such downloads, I guess a week, pretty much when you add all the podcasts we have in, you know, that we do multiple a week, it's, it's crazy. You know, it, it's, it's humbling. Um, you know, I can't thank the listeners and you people for how much I appreciate it and continuing to support us and listen because it really is what motivates us and keeps us going. And yeah, I mean, I just want to say a big thank you and I'll pass the mic to you if you want to say anything. But I, I again, I, I want to say I really appreciate, you know, the listeners because I don't think that's said enough. No, yeah. I, I mean, I, I reiterate everything you say. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the kind of the people who have been there from the beginning too. Um, you know who you are. Uh, it's, it's been fun. Um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy from the high slot, rest in peace. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was the first venture and, and we decided to, you know, change the wheelhouse. Um, and since then it's, it's been, it's been awesome. And I, and I will say I, the people who do, you know, tweet and say, you know, how much they appreciate it or how much they enjoy it. Um, it, it definitely is what, what keeps us going, and uh, I, I definitely make sure to to bring it to your attention immediately because it's it puts a smile on my face, and uh, yeah, I really enjoy doing it. And with that being said, I'd like to forget that we talk to twelve hundred people every week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's a little pressure on you, huh? <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I, it, it's it's really you know taking us to the next level, and and we we hope to continue to do that as we as we grow here uh to think of more things to do and and have more segments and and bring more people on uh to give you guys you know the best that we can and uh so yeah thanks again we we definitely appreciate everything um and looking forward to winning seasons going forward which would be a lot more fun to talk about yeah and like you said one thing and last thing i want to mention about that is um, you know, you're seeing this year a lot of different things we're doing, you know, bringing in the Amerks in, uh, going to multiple podcasts a week. And, and that's all because of you people who listen. Um, you know, you listen, we're motivated to do more. We're motivated to do better ways. It could be better. Try to add new segments. Try to be more entertaining. Uh, this hockey team is not always the most entertaining team to talk about. So we, we, we try to get some funny ways and some interesting ways to get in here. So, uh, so yeah, again, you know, we, we appreciate that. And real quick, with that being said, if anything, obviously, anything that comes to mind or anything you guys want to hear more of or, or uh, stuff you would like to hear us talk about, always just shoot it to us because we are more than willing to either respond or talk about it here on the podcast. Absolutely correct. Great point there. So a few more things here as you wrap up. Uh, if you didn't see on Twitter, uh, Bill is leaving me for about two weeks. Or week, and a half. week and a half? Is that what it is? Yeah, uh, leave Saturday, come back the 7th or the 6th. 
So Bill's going to go away for a long time, actually. Um, <laughs> but Bill will be back to see Elias Pettersson in Buffalo. So that's... I will be at that game. I actually yeah, will be... I'll be at the Montreal game, and then the Vancouver one, I think, is the next one I'll be at. Okay, perfect. So I will probably be at the Calgary game. Calgary game. Calgary game, and then the Vancouver game. We'll be at the next two games, too. So I, I will definitely be at that Vancouver game, because, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I have a man crush on Elias Pettersson. Anyways... Uh, so Bill is going to be gone for about a week and a half. Um, so if you didn't see next week, um, I am, since I'm on my own here a little bit, I am going to dub it prospects week. Uh, we're going to kind of a month of the season. We're going to try to kind of get a grasp on how some prospects are doing around the world. Uh, so right now I've been leasing, um, scheduled who's going, who is from the Sudbury star. So we're going to talk about Lucanen's excellent start in Sudbury. Uh, I have Max Marco, who's a prospects guy for Dive of the Blade. Uh, we'll touch on a different few prospects. He's actually getting a first-hand look at Matias Samuelson tonight, so I'm kind of interested to see what he has to say about that. Um, and I'm also reaching out to a few more people too, so stay tuned to see who else I can get on. So it'll be a fun week next week. Even though Bill's gone, I will supremely miss him. Uh, if the Sabres are bad or even more rough because while he's enjoying disney i'll be ranting and texting him about the sabers and i'll be like yeah well it's 75 here in florida so enjoy that uh so that'll be that'll be tough but shout out to the jack and coke slushy machine they have down there (laughs) yeah let's keep keep throwing that in where we're you know we've we've gone from summer to like two weeks of fall to now we're like in winter so that that's you know the the other day it was snowing and like it's like giant like ice balls hailing so Excellent. You know, Buffalo weather for you. So what, what do you expect there? Uh, so, yeah, I just want to get that out of the way. So, you know, you can, I guess you can, as you're listening, you can say your goodbyes to Bill because Bill's going away for a week and a half. You never know. You never know. You never know. He might I'm a phone call one. away. I might, he is a I phone might... call away. You know, if, if a big trade happens or something, it's, uh, it's not going to happen. But. It's a half relaxation, half wedding trip. So if I ever need to get away right. from the wedding stuff, right? phone call away. All right. So I, I might. Uh, try to get Bill on the wedding night. If he's had a few drinks, try to get him to do a video and ran out with the Sabres are playing bad. Maybe I can get that out of him, but we'll we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's possible. Anything is possible and a little bit of alcohol in your life. Um, so, as you mentioned, with thanking the fans, make sure to interact with us on Twitter at BTB Hockey. Uh, subscribe, rate, share, iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play. Uh, I don't do this very often. But if you haven't left a comment on iTunes and you listen via iTunes, um, we would be greatly appreciated if you dropped a comment on there. Even if it's bad, we appreciate constructive criticism, but we're more looking for the good ones. But if you could take the time a little bit to you know, rate us and write a comment on uh, iTunes if you're an iTunes subscriber, or really anywhere you listen, Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Play, any rating would be appreciated. Um, like I said, we're, we're slowly making the graphs towards going to Spotify too, so that's coming soon. Um, make sure you look at and follow Die by the Blade. A lot of excellent uh, Sabres content there, and that's our podcast partner where you'll find our podcast as well. So, five and four hockey team. We're ending, we're trending towards the end of October. Uh, we have two more games this month. Uh, I'm sorry, three more games this month. So, I don't know about you, Bill, but let's, uh, let's try to end the first month of a season with a winning record. What do you say? Yeah, hang into that wild card spot, huh? Yeah, and real I mean, quick, I don't know if you saw this yet, but um, real quick back to the 1,000 followers. 
we did have the t-shirt giveaway. So congrats to Hannah Bury, who yep, won correct. the t-shirt. And someone just commented asking, now where can the shirt be purchased? Yeah, so uh, those will go up for sale. Uh, what day is it? Uh, it is Tuesday. Uh, I was working on a few. So that shirt was designed by Aaron Quinn. Uh, who is on the Cover One podcast. He's an excellent graphic designer. Uh, I was kicking through a couple more ideas with him, but uh, Aaron and his wife decided they were going to give birth to their second child. Um, just kidding. Congratulations to them. So Aaron's been a little tied up with that, so we're going to hold <laughs> up on a few designs uh, that we have in the works. But we're going to release um, probably not tonight. Well, it's Tuesday night, so maybe tomorrow or latest Thursday. Uh, we'll get our store back up on Teespring uh, with that shirt and with the Beyond the Blade swag we're going to put up there as well. So look for that here in the next 24 to 48 hours. We're going to get that going, and people who want to purchase some cool Beyond the Blade, Beyond the Blade swag. I have to get Bill a shirt. I have one. I was greedy, and I got myself one and my wife, but not Bill. So I have to get Bill a shirt to get him to wear. Yes, I should probably get it before Disney, but we're going to miss that boat, I feel like. That's okay. I know, and I do want to obviously like any of this. We we appreciate any any you know uh, sh- shirts that are purchased, but all the money does go back into the podcast, so we can bring you guys more stuff. Um, definitely not into our pockets. So right, correct. That is important to say. We're not just trying <laughs> to make we're not trying to make money off of you. We're trying to you know help pay our costs and help do things better. Um, you know, your support helps the podcast support. So. Yeah, we're not just doing it to shove money in our pockets and walk away with it. But um, definitely, it's a good point to make. Good job, Bill. Uh, that's, why, so, that's why you pay me the big bucks. That's why I pay you the big bucks and send you on <laughs> vacations for a week and a half in the early part of the season. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's it. Um, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I am happy that they came out with a victory over the weekend. This is more of an upbeat podcast than what it would be if they would have lost, probably. So we'll see how things go here. Like I said, Montreal on Thursday, Columbus on Saturday, and back to Calgary on Tuesday. Uh, you'll probably hear from me at least by Tuesday, but Bill will be busy joining. Well, you know, like I said, you never know. We'll see what happens. Never but know. most likely, Bill will be enjoying the sunny loveliness of Disney with his wife and young son. So... Bill, have a fun time in Disney. You will be greatly missed. And if the Sabres play really well while you're gone, then you are banned from the podcast. Just kidding. <laughs> kind of. Well, if I'm banned at <laughs> Disney with my son, then I think that'll be okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I actually will miss, you know, obviously the, the week and a half I've, I have off here. So uh, maybe I'll sneak in a little bit. But if I do not, everybody enjoy the, you know, the end of October at least. Uh, and we'll be back to see the young gun, Elias Patterson. Yes, sir. The young gun it is. I love me some Elias Patterson. Mm-hmm. So for Chad and Bill, we are out of here this week. Uh, I will be back with you next week. Bill will be back with you in a week and a half. And we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the rest of the games for this month. And thanks again. See you soon. See you.
Rock!